Listen to this. Zakamani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with the drive. It's Steve Zakamani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? And we are back after a one-week hiatus. We're back with Side by Side. Except this time, the person by my side isn't Brad Evans. Um, we're joined by a voice who's familiar to all of us. He brings us all the Sounders games. Keith Costigan is joining us. Keely's here as usual as well. And we're back in a big week. The Sounders go down to California um, to face the LA Galaxy. To be honest, I was going to say their stadium name. It's changed so many times over the years. I actually don't know what the stadium's called. Um, it used to be Home Depot. It was Dignity Health Park. I think it might still be that one. I think it's uh, Dignity Health Park. Dignity. Okay, I lost track. But we'll be the Sounders will be there this weekend. We'll be covering the broadcast from here in Seattle. Um, James Riley, Lamar Nagel will be on as well. So it should be a really fun one. Before we look ahead, let's kind of take stock of where we're at in the season right now. Um, because we spoke a lot about, you know, that first six games is going to be a tough six games and, you know, even beyond that, and the Sounders came through with flying colours, best starting team history, I believe yet to concede a goal in open play, if I'm not mistaken. It's all been set pieces and penalties. Um, It's been a brilliant start. And the question I'll throw to you, Keith, to kind of kick us off and we just start chatting is, in some ways, has the team overachieved? Because we've been saying they haven't played a full 90 minutes. We've seen glimpses. Minnesota's second half, there's been... Um, at times, the home game against the Galaxy, but not yet a full 90 minutes where you're like, yeah, that's the sound is. But yet, sitting pretty on top, record looks great. Yeah, first of all, thanks thanks for letting me come in. And uh, I, I don't even want to say replace Brad because Brad is a replacement, but <laughs> I, I will do my best over the course of this podcast to uh, entertain. No, yeah, I, I would say looking at the fixtures we had, I would say, you know, with the point total, where you're at in the table, with the injuries we've had, you, you have to say we've overachieved. Um, a, a lot of people out there kind of saw this as the chance to get at Seattle. Like everyone says, you know, that's the standard of the West. But this year, no Jordan. Nico's out injured. Um, you add all of that in, Steph's injury as well. To, to be unbeaten, to have only conceded three goals, none from open play. To be, you know, to have played some of the teams we've already played. Galaxy beaten them already and they've been in good form this season. Played LAFC twice at Portland, at San Jose. Well, I mean, that's I mean, you can't have asked for a better start. Even if you had everybody available, that would still be an incredible start. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so far you'd have to say overachieved given the the fixtures that we've had. Well, why does it still feel like? And maybe I'm just a harsh critic of this team, and <laughs> I don't know. It still feels like I'm I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. Again, it's been a fantastic start to the season. I still feel like there's more. Yeah, I, I would. Agree. I just wrote an article on, on the game this weekend. And mm. um, I actually thought, I said, look, even though the Sounders were undefeated, I think the break came at a good time for yeah. the Sounders. Because I thought the last two performances against Atlanta and Austin kind of struggled to create in the final third. I, I think that's it. You're, you're an attacking player. You're an attacking player. You like to watch that side of the game. So I think in the final third, 
over the last few weeks, we haven't been as as fluid as we would like to see when we have Nico right. out there or, you know, as explosive when we have Jordan out there. So I, I think it's been a, a more pragmatic Sounders team, less possession, defending, uh, perhaps a little bit deeper. So because of that, we're saying we're, we're so used to, you know, dining at the, you know, the, the very top of the table in, yeah. in, uh, in MLS. We want maybe more expansive football, but given, given the players that are out, I mean, you can't really blame the team for not having that kind of approach and, and giving up a little bit more possession. But I'm with you. I think, I think there is more to come. Uh, the, the best 30 minutes of the season for me was when Nico was on the field late on yeah. against LA Galaxy and he yeah. just, he absolutely destroyed them. And you were going, yes, now we're going to get rolling. And obviously we haven't seen Nico since. So until we get him back, I think it's going to be a case of, you know, kind of grinding out results. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I don't want to dwell too much on the whole Nico thing just because he's not going to be playing in this game. But how does he change the landscape of the field just for fans to sort of understand that? Yeah, I, I think Nico is one of those rare players who not only when he comes does, is his role very defined, but he defines everyone else's role for them. I think Christian understands how to play around Nico. Raul understands how to play around Nico. Um, Joao Paulo, whoever you can mention. And when he's gone... Guys have to adjust. We've seen Christian in a very advanced role that I think can continue when Nico's there, but he's been able to do that because Nico hasn't been there. Um, other guys got to take more responsibility. I think the part we struggle with that is playing out of the back is when teams have really pressed us, we haven't had that automatic outlet that Nico will be. He wants to get on the ball. He's very good at keeping it, turning out of pressure, and then the game begins. And because he pops up all over the pitch, he just he's a magnet. The ball finds him. He's Every third or fourth pass seems to be Nico Ladero on the ball. And when you remove that kind of player, it is tough because a lot of guys, I, the team is built to play around him. So as Keith mentioned, when he came on for that 30 minutes, he was able to kind of, not to compare him at all to the guy that, um, as we record this, Kevin De Bruyne has just come on for Belgium, but that kind of player who can speed the game up, slow it down, he decides when we're going to go, when we can hold back. And I think he has a good balance of that. And without him, we've lost a lot of the possession we have. And I don't think the Sounders are built to be a counter-attacking team without Jordan Morris. So I think at some point, as much as the new sort of pragmatic approach has worked, you're going to have to go back to being a team that bosses the ball and really probes and tries to break teams down because Nico demands that. He can't play with 35% possession. He needs 50, 55 to be effective, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think he's a tempo setter. I liken it to, I mean, I know you're a big basketball fan too, Steve. I liken it to a team playing without a point guard. Yeah. You know, like a, like you, you watch a team when like there's a Chris Paul on the team and they just know when to pass, the timing of how to increase the pace of a game, yeah. when to slow it down and, and just making players around you better. So um, I, I think it's the one other pieces. Yes, it's tough being without them, but you can you can cope, you can find a way. Nico, for me, is is the key to unlocking everything. So... Hopefully he's back soon. Until then, it's it's not going to be as maybe as pleasing on the eye, but results have been good and we'll take it. Um, I mean, a guy, I don't know how to even view this. We didn't expect to have, we've been talking about he's going to be gone, he's going to be gone. And he doesn't make the Peru team for Copa America. So Rui Diaz will be here. A couple of things with this is one, what then was his, his mindset be? I remember when... Um, Landon Donovan was cut from the U.S. national team for the World Cup, and he came back and went on a tear in MLS. He was scoring like two goals a game at that point. Some players use it as motivation, but someone like Raul, maybe the disappointment is going to be so heavy that can it affect his game in some way? And then also, what I'm curious about what you think is, 
what does this mean for Will and Freddie, who's probably been banking on Raul being going and then getting a run together, and now suddenly the main man is back. So those two are back to fighting each other for that spot next to Raul. I wonder how that dynamic will affect the team or what you thought. First of all, Raul's omission, because I know you've seen him for Peru and yeah. he's, not, he's not the main man for Peru, if we're being honest, he isn't. And so maybe in Peru, it's not as big as a, as a surprise as it is for us here in Seattle, because we're used to him being the guy. That's not the case in Peru. But then going forward, how it affects Will, Freddie and Raul and the team. You, you know, you make a, a point, not saying it was like this, but mm-hmm. if you're Freddie and Will, when you get the news, how is that? Because you're like, yeah, I'm going to be playing a lot. Wait, Raul was left out? What's going on? Like, you're like, not, not that you don't want Raul there, but right. we all we all want to be on the field. We're all, you know, yeah. we all have that mindset. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I look at the Peru squad. I think it's Ormeño who plays in Liga MX, who I've covered. So yeah, look, he hasn't, he hasn't been the main man for Peru for a while. <clears throat> He's played out wide at times for them as well, even. But... I look at the squad and I don't I don't see four or five attacking players better than Raul Ruiz Diaz. So that mm-hmm. that's a surprise. And I, I just think with the mindset we we've heard about how much he wants to be the Sounders top scorer. You know, he wants to break those records. So I, I think I think he's motivated, but I think also the first game back coming up against Chicharito, um, Raul has this habit of showing up in those big games when it's number nine and number nine. Um, going head to head kind of thing, so I, I think you know we don't want to say it's a good thing for any of your players to be left out of a national team squad, but I think it's going to fuel Raúl and over the next three or four games, when you consider we were potentially going to be without him, where were the goals going to come from? I, I think it's a massive bonus for Brian Smetzer, and I, I think I think it's going to be a good thing for the Sounders. Raúl may be pissed, he may be annoyed, he may be upset, but I think it'll be to the Sounders' uh, positivity that he, he comes back and does well. Who's best next to him? Because I have my opinion on this. That's a good question. <laughs> didn't 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 Freddie start the last game alongside him? And, and it did, for a long time, it didn't look right to me because yeah. I and I think the team is asking Freddie to play a bit deeper. And he had times when he came deep, found the ball, and he played Brad Smith in behind. At one point, he played Kelly Rowan behind, but Raúl looked a little too isolated. Yeah. Whereas when he's played next to Will, Will's a big body with good feet, can hold the ball. He's an easy target. And then you can kind of play off of that. Chris is making running behind. The attack looks a bit more dynamic. I think the whole Freddie drop deep, get the ball turned, play passes in behind can work to an extent, but it does leave Raul through the run of play at least even more isolated than usual. We always say Raul needs 10 touches and that's all he's for. He had three against um, Austin. If that, he yeah. only, I didn't even remember m- mentioning his name on the broadcast. Yeah. So, that was, I don't know that those two work well, unless you're going to tell Freddie, play as a nine as well, because Freddie can play that role. That's his position. But I, I would go with Will Bruin right now. I'd play Will Bruin. Let, 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 let me ask you this. Could you play Will Bruin, Raul Rui Diaz, and play Freddie as a 10 and be uh, attack-minded at certain times? If, if you want to play then Christian and Joe Paulo next to each other? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we spoke about this. We were shocked as that game wore on against Austin, that we didn't see something similar to that because why, I think we could have sacrificed a centre-back that day. Yeah. We texted a bit after the game. Um, we didn't need three centre-backs for that attack. I mean, that Austin attack was, wasn't was going to score if they were still playing right now. They wouldn't have scored. They, just, <laughs> they, had, they had no threat. You could have sacrificed a centre-back and I would like to see Bruin, Raul up top, Freddie in behind in the Nico role, if you will, with yeah. less the mobility and the movement, but some of the touches and the quality, I think that'd work great. 
We're not going to see that this weekend. It's going to be nah, either nah, or. Nah. Yeah, it's going to be either no, or. No, but, but I, I think Nico back, Freddie works better alongside yes. Raul because you have the you have the link. But right now, I mean, Will doesn't really. Will's almost a withdrawn striker when yeah. he plays because he comes back in. And I, I think you've heard words from Raul Ruiz Diaz about, man, I like playing with Will because he does all of this and he does all of the dog work for, for Raul to get in the goal-scoring position. So I, I think right now Will is a better foil. Um, that's not to say Freddie can't you know, play a part and he, he has off the bench. But right now, without Nico, I, w- I would start Will Bruno front alongside, uh, alongside Raul. Just Freddie yeah. is a super sub. I feel like the way it is right now, bring him in in like the 60th minute and if our offense isn't working and see what happens. The, the hard part is when you're a club legend and you have a mentality of used to being the man where you go, it's not so easy to shift your mind to accept being a super sub. Freddie, in his mind, believes he's better than Will. Will, in his mind, believes he's better than Freddie, as they should. That's the part of it as well. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Keith, we're playing the Galaxy this weekend. I'm actually wondering why you're here and not in a trench coat and uh, a fedora <laughs> looking over a fence somewhere in California, wherever in a galaxy train, spying on their tactics. Uh, but what can we expect from them? They, they, I still think defensively they're absolutely shocking. This is my personal opinion. Yeah. I think they're obviously scoring a lot more goals than they did last season without Zlatan. Um, Chicharito has been huge for that. When I look at their recent seasons, they've not had no issue scoring goals because Zlatan was scoring a goal a game, but they concede two or three goals per game. So they could never quite make up for that. And they've had a couple of clean sheets, which maybe Greg Vanny's figuring it out, but they still seem like a team for me that's going to have to score two or three goals to win the majority of their games. I don't know that, that that's sustainable. So I think it's a team that at home, I think they're going to have a full stadium or close to. It's full, um, yeah, yeah. Full stadium. So that's always a big buzz. It's going to give the guys a lift for sure. Good for the Sounders too, I think. Um, but there should be a couple of goals in this game for the Sounders, I think. Have you have you talked to Perry Kitchen about Zlatan, by the way, about getting not. his name about getting his name wrong? Did you read that article? I, I, people have been texting me, but no, I didn't read the article. No, what did he so, call so him? I th- I, Kevin? I think it was. He said, <laughs> we, all, we need we need to press like Kevin, and he pointed at Perry, and Perry's like, "Who's Kevin?" And he goes, "You, you're Kevin." <laughs> so I mean, Zlat, Zlatan's an, a story for another day. That's no, amazing. look, they've been better defensively. For me, the personnel. Uh, Nick Dupuy, um, uh, Daniel Steres, not the, not the greatest center backs. They certainly can be got at. But what I've, what I've noticed in the last few games against San Jose, they got a clean sheet. Um, yeah. LAFC, they won 2-1. They will drop off a little bit. So mm. last time, remember last year, we, we were at Dignity Health and you know the ball kept going over the top. And we were like, how are you going to leave Jordan Morris with yeah. that much space to run into? Now I feel like they're a little bit more pragmatic. They're saying, look, we don't need to be that high drop off. Yeah. And because of that, they know they have the firepower at the other end to, to win games because, you know, I think Chicharito and I think Cabral is going to be a good player as well. Efrain showed flashes in the last couple of games. Yeah. But I, I, I do think they are better defensively. That's not to say they can't be got at defensively, um, certainly with pace. Um, Brad Smith, obviously, as a, as a left wing back, trying to get him behind will be important. But someone like Jordan was the one that really, really scared them over the last couple of years. So... Look, they've won all four games at home this year. They're a better LA Galaxy team than we've seen over the last few years. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned going into this one because I, I think they find themselves in a much better way. And, and even in the, in the game we won, I thought there was spells in that game as well where they, you know, at 2-0, they had a couple of chances. I think they had a goal disallowed as well. 
So th this is a better Galaxy team than we're used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, Chicharito is obviously the story, scoring a bunch of goals. Um, it, it's interesting. Watched him a lot last year. And at times, we did a game down there. He had chances. Like, yeah. I mean, Chicharito-type chances that he's been finishing with his eyes closed in the Bundesliga, La Liga, and the Premier League for years. And he was missing them. So I'm, I'm not sure what's changed. I think that team last year was definitely built to Pavon, who was a fantastic player. But he didn't really mesh with Chicharito, to be fair. And it seems that they've gone out and tried to build a team that at least plays to his strengths. A lot of crosses, um, trying to find him, you know, you know, in the box as much as possible. Um, but he hasn't, he doesn't scare me when I think of our backline, because we have a very good yeah. backline. No goals in open play, as we've mentioned. But with that said, is he the kind of striker that can travel? Because I think Nuhu, Yema, and then whichever combo of Ariago or O'Neill match up well with physical strikers. Yeah. Nuhu wants to run. The thinkers, the guy who's a bit of a fox in the box, the guy that's going to walk behind you and make a quick dash and not... Tr that's maybe the one area where a new who maybe might struggle. Um, how do you see that matchup playing out? Yeah, I, I, I think Chicharito, the top, makes him a difficult matchup for yeah. any centre-back. Um, Cabral out wide. Um, you know, even when we saw Zubak play for them, you're like, they're not really going to trouble them because yeah. we defend open spaces better than any back three, I think, with Yamar yeah. and Nuhu. But this is Chicharito. He doesn't, he doesn't go to get on the ball. He just hangs in the spaces. He gambles on his runs. I, I think the key with Chicharito is stop the service because yeah. the ball inside the area, there's not many better. Look, he, he did it in the Premier League. He did it in La Liga. He did it in Bundesliga, as you mentioned. He, he's, he's an elite-level goal scorer when he gets that service. And, and I, don't, I don't think it's easy to say, well, we've played well defensively. We will do that again with Shane on the... No, I, I think if you get service in the box to Chicharito, he's going to score goals, um, even against this good Seattle backline. So the key for me is stopping Cabral, stopping Efrain Alvarez and, and denying them the ability to get crosses in. And, and that's one thing the Sambas have done really well. Nuhu coming out yeah. wide left, Yamar going out wide right. So, so that's going to be the key. But you can, you can deny this guy for 80, 85 minutes. I, I think, Keely, you'd mentioned about comparing him to... Raul, I think Raul does a little bit more overall, but Chicharito only needs that one touch and he doesn't seem to really mind that he's not involved in the build-up. Um, that's what makes him an elite striker. I, I think it's, it, no, no matter what happens, no matter how bad he plays for 80, 85 minutes, he's going to be one to watch this weekend because he, he's so clinical inside the area. It's actually funny when you talked about sort of the NBA before. I almost look at Chicharito as like a Steph Curry only because his off-the-ball movement is the best part about his game and that's Steph yeah. I mean Steph Curry re revolutionized off the yeah. ball movement everyone talks about yeah. the three-point shot but watch him run around without the ball and it's just I mean crazy yeah Keely, oh, Keely yeah. you should have watched me play I <laughs> ran around without the ball for 90 minutes uh, <laughs> you know so I, I think I was the first one to bring that to Steph Curry but, uh, no it's a good shout like how quickly like his, his mind is always yeah. thinking that way in terms of getting in that space but I think I think any team that has a, an elite striker who can score goals has an opportunity to do well in MLS, and and we go in with, you know, two of the very best this weekend going head to head. Yeah, and two coaches who've been going head to head in MLS Cup pretty much um, when Greg um, Vanny was in in Toronto. Um, quickly on them, 
how much of this improvement is down to Greg Vanderley stuff? Like how much credit can a coach take for? It's not we can't say a full turnaround, but it has. They're much better than they've been. They're much better. Yeah, I, I think I think Greg and Brian are in the same uh, category of coaches that don't get enough credit yeah. in this league. Um, I think what Greg did at Toronto was kind of like uh, glossed yeah. over, and I'm going. Everyone's like, "Hey, look at Greg Berhalter, what he's doing at Columbia." I'm like, "What he's doing? What about Greg Vanny? What about yeah. Brent?" So it's like, I, I feel like sometimes our media is a little bit selective in who they they yeah. they dish out credit to. So I think Brian and, and Greg have both done incredible jobs, and yeah, you can see it already. Look, I, I talk with people at the Galaxy that I know, and they are like, "It's different. Everything is different. The 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 way the the group is is handled, practically everything." And look, the way that they've got five wins already, four for four. They only won four games at home last year. They've won four out of four this year already and, and grinding them out. That's not yeah. been the LA Galaxy yeah. way yeah. recently. So, yeah, I think he has to take a lot of credit. Great. So that would be 6.30, Keely, 7.30? Um, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock kickoff. 5.30 pregame will be on the air. Um, Q13, Joe TV. And- Which, by the way, guys... Everyone listening to this podcast are listening to two Emmy Award winning play by play commentators. So. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I will bring here, it up for you. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, that, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So we, we hope to continue to bring a great broadcast. It should be um, a lot of fun this weekend with um, myself and Keith in the booth, uh, with Casey at the Euros. And Lamar, I believe it's Lamar and James, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to bring Lamar in as well, because I know we, we've had James. James is yeah. great. And, you know, Lamar is just someone else who understands the, the yeah. Sounders culture as well, right? So that's, yeah. that's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah. I have so a funny story about James Riley, and I hope that this person is listening to the podcast, but my aunt works for the city of Seattle, and one of her employees named his daughter after James Riley. He named her Riley. So Wow. You're yeah. joking. I am not named after James Riley, daughter named Riley. Wow. Shout I, out to you. I hope you listen to the podcast. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. But I, I had a horse named after me at the pre-audit fair, but that's not the same. So. Oh, horse? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Was it named like, Steve or Zach Ohani? Zach Ohani. Okay. Was well, it quick? It, uh, it had to be quick, right? Used to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just a great talker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I love that. Well, predictions, we all can get in. I actually think the Sanders are gonna win. I think they're gonna win, but Keith, you kind of made me realize the galaxy have been very good at home. Yeah, coming off a break is tough. So I'm gonna go for a two-two draw. Yeah, I I, I mean for me as well, it's the full stadium. Yeah. You know, it's it's our first game back as well and how good they played at home. And um, I think Raul there is, is, is such a massive bonus for the Sounders. I, I think yeah. he'll score, but but I, I'm going to go for 1-1. I think it's going to be a tight one. And, and I think the way the Galaxy are playing right now, that's not a bad result. I know yeah. off the back of two home ties, you want to get back to winning ways. But I think when you look back um, uh, an away point at, at Galaxy with the way they've been playing, it'll, it'll be considered a good result. Keely? Oh, man, this is a tough one. I just, I feel like Raul and Chicharito are both going to score. I like, I want to say 1-1 and I want to say 2-2, but you guys both stole those already. So I'm going to do, do you, you know what? It. No, I'm going to say 2-1 Sounders. 2-1 Sounders. Ooh. Better, better. We're going to win. 
It'll be go. tough. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. But I do like that pitch over there. So, it always seems so much space. I love playing on that pitch. It was so always big and you, grand. So, so let me let me ask you that because we've talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, it was it was one of the biggest outside of the, the Portland rivalry. It was the it was the game you look forward to, right? Seattle against the LA first Galaxy. game I circled was Galaxy by uh, back you, when I played. Yeah. Do you think we're getting back to that now? Because it's been LAFC over the last few years. Are we are we getting back to proper I, Seattle LA Galaxy? I don't think we're there yet. Because just remember those games, we would see them in the playoffs. Um, the games were heated, man. They were. Like, I mean, the first time I played against them, Dave Beckham got a red card in twenty minutes. So it's like that was the the game. Um, I think Portland's still number one. Again, maybe I'm unpopular for saying this. I know it's a cascaded game. The Vancouver rivalry's never really felt great to me like even playing in that one was like because ah, they never compete right That's yeah why. it's yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. not gonna win portland was always like there and then it's recent years it's definitely been lafc i would say in my time in seattle there was a time when it was salt lake back in the day where that was a big rivalry but what i will say i think and i'm gonna probably be someone's gonna go and fact check this and be wrong but i think every league game i started away to galaxy i always scored no. I want that fact check. Keely, I will fact, fact check, check Actually, so, I, know, I can actually check that right now. Actually, 2009, very 2010, um, twice, also in the playoffs. So just three games. 2011, obviously, was injured. 2012 was injured. <laughs> so it might just be three games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I thought it was like five or six games. But no, if I think that was fine. Yeah, right. You're right. Still. I think every time I started away to LA, I scored because the pitch was so big. It's like, you know, I could run for days. So it was like, yeah, I'm going to um, just kick it in behind. I'll find it. Um, All right, Steve, I'm looking then. in. I'll, I'll have it in a couple of minutes. You guys yeah. keep going. But, I'm just, saying, but, but just, just yeah. on the rivalry, I mean, I, I talk with Robbie King quite a bit. And, and yeah. uh, Robbie would talk about, he was like, man, I, I love this. I love the Sounders games, man. The fans, yeah. just, he was telling me about like fans just talking so much smack to him coming off the field and he yeah, was like yeah love i love it mate yeah like he yeah. was like it's one of the places where you know you're gonna get stick so yeah uh, it, it, it's I mean, a rivalry you're right you're absolutely right i think the peak of it was 2014 when both teams were going for the shield you had keen and donovan on one side you had all and clint on the other side and they kind of went to the last day for the support shield and i think the galaxy ended up beating the sounders in the playoffs on away goals and end up winning um, their, their fifth, must have been their fifth title at that point. So it, it has been a very, and also in the beginning, it was Ziggy against Bruce. That was a part yeah, of it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was there was a lot there. It's been, yeah, it's been a top, top rivalry. I think, you know, Galaxy lost their way in recent years. Can they get back there? Who knows? But um, yeah, uh, LAFC, I would say, is probably ahead of them right now. Um, but All right, Steve, I'm not, right not trying to put you on blast, but um, you did not score one in one game there. Which one was that? Uh, some in two thousand nine. It says you have three. Uh, oh no, no! Hang I had on. Had to score. Had to score. Come on, Keely. Had to score. You have two games started in two thousand nine at Dignity Health Sports Park and one goal. So that. Oh no! Happen. But that was Chivas. Oh. You see, Chivas was in the league. Yeah, I'm talking right. about that. Listen, I get motivated oh for the big games. Oh, my God, look at that. <laughs> Steve, but Steve also, comes across as this chill guy. Like, <laughs> I know. He has the research stats <laughs> to his right of his computer, and he's like, uh, I, I, might, uh, I don't know, maybe you want to check this out. He Here's knew the thing. before he Here's said the thing that. With, with an athlete at Steve's level, you don't yeah. get that good by being yeah. – you have to, like, yeah. think I you're the man. Stuff. Like, you have to be like, I'm the man no, to be the, that the, successful. No, the Galaxy one, I just always knew because I liked that stadium. But yeah, I remember the league and playoffs. Um, it was important. Keith, I want to ask you, I don't know what else we're going, got going on, but 
I don't know the exact date. I know the summer transfer window does open soon. I'm going to assume at some point. And the world seems, of football seems to be getting back to actual transfers happening despite the pandemic. Um, what do the Sounders need? If, if I had a choice yeah. um, in terms of what to add, I would add another another creative midfielder. Um, I think... In, know, in the mode of who? Like, a 10? A playmaker? Not, not just a Nico... Yeah. Um, maybe someone along the lines of, um, you know, a player like a Barrios or something like that, who yeah. can play out wide and come inside and, and, and be a goal scorer as well. I think in this system, you're, you're not going to sign a winger because I yeah. think we're going to stick with this system. But someone that can play, you can play Nico as, as a 10 and maybe play someone else as a withdrawn striker who's a creative minded yeah. midfielder and, and a goal scorer, like a, a Coutinho type player. If yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Almost that would be my number one. The pick. Timbers had Valeri, obviously, but then Blanco came in and was not Valeri, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good shout. Uh, Keely, what do we have? I think I all right. You. I have yeah, you covered. So we actually have just like one more little segment um, yeah. for you guys for fun. Um, so Keith's pretty vocal about uh, liking or disliking the way that other announcers sort of talk on sports. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. I'm going to force you guys to give okay. some hot takes of your own and hopefully some people give you a little bit of a little bit of your own medicine. All right. Um, so the first one is sort of an easy one. So best team in MLS other than Sounders. Give me like 20 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. What's your hot um, take? Best team the, in MLS. The, the best team in MLS outside of Sounders is when all things are equal, everyone's healthy. Um, I like Columbus crew. A very well-balanced team. When Zardes is firing, they have Zellerian, who's one of the top 10s in the league. You have Nagby in the middle. Um, the back, you have Mensah. You have a top goalkeeper in the room. So I think they have every... The spine is very, very strong. And they're well-coached. At their best, um, I'll take Columbus crew. I, I think you got to go with Inter-Miami. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I would go with Columbus as well. I don't think they've started the season well. No. Um, but the additions they've made um, on top of the team that they were last year, we, uh, when everybody's fit, they're, 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 they're going to be a top team. Um, yeah. I, I still think LAFC, when everybody's fit and available and they get rolling, are a very good team. Yeah. But, but I, do I do think the Sanders are the best team in MLS right now. Um, yeah. but, but those are the teams that I would have just behind. All right, worst team in MLS other than Portland. Um, just kidding, Portland's not the worst team this year. It's supposed to be like Vancouver, Montreal to start a season, but both of those done somewhat okay. So I'm trying to figure out, yeah, the standings will probably help. Huh? I'm trying to figure I'm, out. I'm going to the standings on this one. I'm looking at the worst team in MLS. Oh, Cincinnati. What am I thinking about this? FC Cincinnati. Woeful. I don't like watching them. Yeah, I and, actually and, wrote and that too. Even the even their like transfer ways like oh who's available Jeff Cameron yeah bring him back it's yeah like, it's like they're I, just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. um but yeah. yeah I mean extra shout out to Toronto with the situation yeah. they're in right now because they have they have good players and they just can't seem to get it right right now as well so but yeah definitely Cincinnati and Chicago's not far they've been shocking to be honest yeah. Chicago oh my been, god they've been it's so end good. of last year to this year yeah they've been there but Cincinnati all right uh. So I don't know if you guys saw those new U.S. soccer kits, the very 90s looking ones. Uh, love or hate? I think I saw one picture with Pulisic. And from what I saw, I liked it. The one I saw. I actually liked it. The one I saw, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, love is a strong word. Uh, I've always had issues saying that in my life. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. 
I'll put it that way. I mean, I, I think they, they stand out. I don't think they look bad at all. Um, not the best kid I've ever seen, but certainly not bad. So I w- if I had to pick one word, I would say love. I think Matthew Doyle said that um, they're only second to the Waldo jersey. And I actually love this new one. I think it's super 90s and I'm a 90s kid, so I love it. Um, <laughs> all right, next one. If we start traveling again, what is the stadium that you guys are most excited to finally be back in? Oh, man. Yeah, that's, you know, I love going to Kansas. I think they do it. I think sport in Kansas City, the atmosphere is fantastic, but the buffet is just unbelievable. The, the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, Kansas, listen, man, that trip is a good trip. You know what? To speak on that, you get the worst. Like, I'm, I'm glad Crew Stadium is, is, is done because you yeah. get the worst sandwich package. In with films. like, yeah. it, it's like <laughs> awful. You're like, where's the food? That's the food? Like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. No, you know what? Um, we don't play there that much, but I love Red Bull Arena. Yes, I was um, thinking of that. But oh, we don't it's go. so pretty. Yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. When there's yeah. fans in there, the, yeah. the, the, the sound just reverberates a, yeah. around the stadium. Yeah. So, and as well, you get to stay near Hoboken, like the, the view yeah. back into amazing the city. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, yeah, yeah. You know which That's trip was amazing trip. last time we went? It was DC. It was good. We switched good. hotels and it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. DC was actually a really good trip. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say DC and Kansas and Red Bull. Yeah. I'm surprised no one said Real Salt Lake, not because of their stadium, but because it's just so beautiful. And last time we went, well, you guys didn't go, but the production crew went to a Mumford and Sons concert and it was amazing. So um, yeah, you're, 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 you're adding the concert in. Yeah. The, I know. I mean, to be honest, like Salt Lake's a great place. Uh, Dunny is a good friend of uh, I, I think mm-hmm. both me and Steve as well. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not the liveliest place in the world for me. Yeah, yeah. I just like the road trip. I don't drink very much, though, so it's fine with me. <laughs> Um, no, so all I'm right. Not, we're not saying we drink. <laughs> just, just put that out there, please. <laughs> all right. This is the last one. Who is your favorite coworker whose name rhymes with really? James Rayleigh. <laughs> 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 my heart. My heart. <laughs> all right. Cool. I won't fish for compliments on this podcast anymore. All right, guys. I think we can get back to watching Euros. Keith, you can get back to watching Euros. Steve, get back to preparing for the broadcast. This was a uh, great episode. Keith, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Um, So it's Saturday for the fans. Saturday, 5.30 p.m. pregame show will be on there. Stick around for kickoff, 6 p.m. And obviously the post-game show as well. Uh, Is it called post-match show? I forget which one. Both. Um, You know, know, Lamar, you think we can get like a lot out of them? It's going to be tough, but I think we're, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think oh, my God, Steve, I watched that first interview you did with him, like, forever ago. When I interviewed he, him. Yeah. Yes, where he, like, blames you for him getting cut. Just like, man, I was, that, like, trying that, to play right story. back against this so, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me, send me the link for that, because I want to I wanna banter with my Wait, that yeah. so I'll send that to you. The story is, Lamar, because we... My rookie year, Lamar came from UNLV. I think Las Vegas. And yeah, we, yeah, got on, yeah. we got on very well right away. But... um had a lot of wingers and he wanted to play on the wing and then Ziggy's like look just filling that right back full back and yeah, his yeah, team yeah. was against my team and you know I played right back before <laughs> and it was just a disaster so he was like you're the reason did I got you, cut, did you but... see uh, I, I, I got Ryan to get him jerseys yeah I saw that yeah, yeah, yeah for his yeah, kid yeah, yeah I saw that yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get that clip for the broadcast that'd be great but yeah, yeah um, fans great. as always thanks for tuning in like subscribe comment do all of that good stuff and we shall see you next week on Side by Side <laughs>